0: Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Up Next. This is your host Ali Murtado and today I'm joined by Saeed Zarrook, the founder of EduTest. Thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you enjoy this episode. So hi Saeed and welcome on Up Next.
1: Hi Ali, uh, it's a pleasure to be part of your podcast and I'm very happy to see uh, a very good future in what you're doing and I think it's great that we're talking about entrepreneurship and all over the region.
0: Definitely. I mean, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on, and the pledge is all mine. And it kind of goes without saying that I'm really excited to have you on and to hear more about your story. So, why don't you take it away and tell us a bit more about it, yourself and your business, editest. Test? So, to start
1: off about myself a bit, I've, I grew up actually in the UAE, I grew up in Abu Dhabi. Uh, I moved back to Tunisia when I was around 15, lived in South Africa, lived in the US, lived in Milan. So, I've had a very cosmopolitan international experience. And uh, that's exactly what led me to open EduTest. I was also very passionate about academics and actually uh, university uh, guidance, college guidance, especially when I was young, I was the guy that was giving my friends like tips about their college application. Uh, I knew which university gave the best scholarships, knew which universities had the highest acceptance rate. So this was something that was always on my mind. Uh, So I actually opened EduTest. The idea came to me when I was actually 16 uh, I was pretty young then, uh, and uh, I saw that there was a deed in my community in Tunisia as well in North Africa, that people weren't uh, having access to the quality and uh, uh, sufficient resources when it comes to actual university guidance. And even in places that they were, I don't think it was competent and uh, quality, uh, it was good quality enough. So that's why like, uh, I found founded EduTest in 2018. Uh, with the core mission of providing access to quality education and identifying
0: opportunities all over the world. So you're only 19 when you launched it. Wow. Yes. So take it back to then when you just launched it. What was your vision for it? What did you see EduTest becoming? So I saw it as becoming the leading educational consultant in the MENA region,
1: mainly because because there isn't that much uh, quality content available out there and mainly because uh, the the smart people the very smart people that get into the best universities usually end up staying in the countries that they go to university and that's a huge issue when it comes to brain drain so uh, i came up with the idea of edu test to really counter the concept of brain drain as well as provide access to quality education and level the playing field in the region because as we see historically it's the people with a lot of access to financial resources that end up making making it to the best universities. Whereas uh, EduTest's vision is to provide access equal, equal access to all individuals. And especially since the U.S. provides so much financial aid, there's around, I think, $400 million of financial aid uh, every year in the U.S. Uh, given to international students. And I think that's huge. And I think definitely students from all over the region could... Uh, could tap into that market and tap into that uh, niche yeah so that's why i opened it i was 19 at the time uh very motivated uh, i got into the best universities and i was very uh, i was very excited i got into duke university and uh, i was excited to take a gap year so when i took a gap year uh i actually ended up taking ended up opening EduTest, test yeah
0: Wow. And you know, not not only is it great to see someone from the youth community grow up and take pretty much matters into their own hands, but especially someone focusing on the MENA region, because it's so sad to see a lot of talent and a lot of potential from people from this region that are more of the disadvantaged, right? A lot of people that like you were saying in the US, a lot of people also here in the region that are well off, their parents are rich they have the resources they can go on and apply it. but a lot of people don't even know that they can get the financial aid they can even get exactly. like they can get these opportunities but they're just not aware of it
1: that was part of the main vision that it's uh tap into a, it's like it's a blue ocean strategy so it's a new market that didn't have any competition because it wasn't explored and exploited yet so that that was the main idea and when i started this when i was 19 it was just me uh i was basically like working 24 hours a day for the first year of the company it started off in september 2018 uh started off with one employee 20 uh, 2019 it became a team of almost 20 people 25 people uh 2020 now we're around 50 people on the team working between tunisia morocco kenya algeria soon as well as the uae so uh, wow. i hopefully will we'll plan on scaling even more over the next couple of years
0: Definitely. I hope you're able to reach everyone in the region and hopefully in other regions where a lot of disadvantaged people are. And, you know, you mentioned earlier that you moved back to Tunisia, I think, when you were 15. Yeah. So did you then get the inspiration to help people from the region or was it always something in the back of your head? So I felt like I had a very privileged upbringing, especially being
1: raised in Abu Dhabi and uh, having access to quality education all over uh, throughout my life. And I thought this was a way to give back to the community as well and that's why we're we're considered the social business everywhere, many because we do have we do make profit and we are a successful startup but at the same time we give access to especially the most underprivileged people in our community by providing scholarship programs for them as well. Yeah so this was a, a very good way of back as well.
0: I mean it is one hell of a way indeed. and speaking of what your core values are and what you guys try to do. So right now I'm holding up a piece of paper from your website. That has a description of your core values. And something that you say and it really caught my attention is that you guys advocate to give everyone, regardless of gender and nationality, equal access to work class education. So how do you guys exactly as a social organization at EduTest do that?
1: So yeah, so uh, social startup, yeah, because uh, we've we've grown exponentially over the past two years, and uh, the reason why we've done this is mainly because we've accessed all people from every single region in Tunisia and Morocco and Kenya, hopefully as well in algeria we don't We don't say we're going to just go to private schools and provide edu tests, curriculum, and edu test resources. We go to schools all over the region. we find the smartest students from underprivileged and uh, interior reason regions, especially in Tunisia and Morocco that don't have access to even private education. And we tell them, listen, if you, if you see yourself going to the best university in the world, if you, if you do well in school, you can make it. And we, even, we don't even let them pay sometimes. So we, we, we pay for their SAT. We pay for their uh, yeah, college application just to see them succeed because we believe in meritocracy a lot. And especially in the region, I think that's something, something that's missing is meritocracy. A lot of uh, corruption happens all over the Arab world. And I think uh, we're trying to fight that with access to quality education.
0: I mean, not as only giving access to quality education, something that changes people's life and literally just changes the life of their kinship and the generations to come from people that their descendants. But on a larger scale, education is literally the only thing that can save the world with everything going on, you know, social injustice, climate change. 2020 alone has had like enough things to write like 15 novels about it.
1: Yeah, especially in our region as well, well uh, where we don't have uh, an over ninety percent literacy rate all over the region. There are countries still at war because of lack of education. Uh, to look back at Tunisia, the reason why Tunisia was very successful, with the revolution and democratizing the countries, because we had a very strong educational foundations. It's also the reason why we we're battling the COVID crisis better than most Arab nations and most nations worldwide, with barely over a hundred cases a day. And, uh, yeah, I think education, tapping into that potential of the youth through education uh, is imperative for successful uh, uh, social uh, balance.
0: Not just that, but it's literally imperative for the continuance of our planet and our life on this planet. Yeah, exactly. Literally, like I always say this, especially like if, if I've ever spoken to anyone, you would definitely hear me rant about this. i my entire life dream is to whatever field i work in because i have no idea what i want to do i want to somehow harness a huge you know amount of money and somehow help everyone that is underprivileged and then provide them access to education because it's amazing if you can donate food if it's amazing if you can somehow inhibit security but then education is the only thing that guarantees continuity like you know there's this old arabic saying uh, give me a fish and I'll eat for a day. Give me, teach me how to fish and th- teach yeah. me how to fish. I'll eat for life. Right? I'll, I'll, yeah, i eat, yeah, eat for life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So education is so important.
1: Yeah, but it's a gradual process, I think, especially. It's very gradual. And uh, I like to engage in this thing called cathedral building. So you see, you know, so I, I go to university at Bocconi University. And the thing that I love about Milan in general is that uh, is the duomo if you know it's a 600 year old cathedral it took 600 years to build the people that were building the cathedral knew that they were going to die with the cathedral unfinished but they still chose to build it and with that same vision we see ourselves uh, being cathedral builders and knowing that yes we're not going to reach the point of uh, world emancipation or world-class mm-hmm. education for everyone but to, we want to reach there and it's gonna take time. So that's, that's, that's part of our vision and our mission in the long run.
0: I could not agree with you more. Whenever I speak to people about this, especially elders, they just kind of give me a virtual tap on the shoulder and tell me, like, yeah, yeah, this is you're 20, you know, you you haven't gone into the real world. This is what you think. But what what they don't understand is I'm not trying to tell them that, okay, we'll have the world changed and we'll have the air like Arabs everywhere in the world taking over science, scientific fields and taking over writing just like we did before in like 10 years. No, it's something that people don't realize that this is a very long process. I know that this could happen 200, 500 years after I die, but everything starts from the very beginning. Like take it back to the 1500s. If you told Americans and colonized nations that they would have equal rights, that they would have freedom, they wouldn't believe you. But then slowly and time after time, segregation ended, the the civil war ended. And then Abraham Lincoln came on on, and George Washington. So this didn't take like 10, 15 years. It took forever. But it happened. But once you have the vision in the beginning, this is just you're well off on your way.
1: Exactly. And that's uh, that's why, like, especially we chose to headquarter our company between two areas, which is uh, the UAE, Abu Dhabi, and Tunisia, mainly because Abu Dhabi is doing an excellent job harnessing, like, tolerance and and access to quality education, as well as Tunisia, where it comes to actually being uh, the only Arab democracy. You know, and uh, a lot of people tell us, like, oh the financial situation is very bad the economy is bad well it, it it has taken a turn for the worse however this is a process that takes time like educating the people took over 60 years uh providing the first arab full-scale democracy is also going to take time and it's this belief that there's a brighter tomorrow and there's a there's a better future in uh, in store for us so i think it's uh, it needs to be stubborn optimism as jim collins calls it if you've read good to great uh this idea that if you're if you're a founder of any cup a company you need to be a stubborn optimist uh, you can be uh you can be you can be hard working but if you have a negative outlook in life and if you if you let go too quickly or you give up too quickly uh it's not going to be enough to to open a company and have it succeed in the long run
0: definitely and yeah. you know speaking of your company edu test why don't you tell us a bit more about all of the different kind of services that you offer
1: So mainly we offer SAT, GRE, TOEFL, GMAT, every single type of standardized test there is for the study in the US and UK and some universities elsewhere. But we also, our core business is counseling. So what we do is we we tailor a counseling service to every single student that comes to our uh, online platform or comes to our physical centers. And we show them a roadmap to actually end up applying to these uh, world-class or regular universities. And that's, that's our main business model, which is basically uh, counseling as well as standardized exam prep through our online platform. And what's interesting is, uh, so the first year of operations that, uh, that happened at EduTest, we saw that there was a huge potential of tech entrepreneurship as well within the, the field of education. So it became an edtech company, the second year of it, its existence. And today we employ over 15 uh, developers, full-time developers. That mainly focus on utilizing AI to maximize your chances of getting the best possible SAT score, as well as getting into the best possible university through your personal uh, interests as well as through your strengths and weaknesses. And we act as a counselor, so uh, this is something you may not know, uh, but uh, a lot of uh, high schools in Africa, especially Africa, don't have the idea of a college counselor. It doesn't exist. So we're used to the European system where it's just uh, just like, oh, you get your results for the baccalaureate, or you go to this university based on your results, as opposed to a counselor. As you see, we have some uh, lightning. and. Uh, and oh, that's lightning. Yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Thought
0: th- I thought I that was like a glitch in your left. Yeah, no,
1: no, no, that was lightning. Yes, I'm going to like move uh, uh, <laughs> the, the power source. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the weather here is very different. From the uae so yeah it's more mediterranean and it's it's uh, i was just in yeah, i was just in the uae it's the
0: complete opposite it's the complete opposite
1: i i, I was i uh, now i'm cold. i have to wear a jacket here but uh i was uh, as i was saying is that the, we developed our online platform from scratch so basically it's an online platform that provides uh provides uh, counseling uh, services as well as videos of standardized prep as well as uh, one-on-one services. so And we're moving towards focalizing ourselves mainly on the tech component of this educational venture. And especially with COVID-19, we saw the importance of our online platform as we were one of the few companies that were actually generating uh, a plausible amount of revenue. And uh, we weren't that affected by the crisis as opposed to probably 90% of other companies in the region
0: that's great to hear and you know something that you mentioned before the lightning interrupted us yeah. is that you guys also provide the college counseling in places where it doesn't exist yeah, exactly. and i mean i personally think that this is amazing because college counseling is so important and i can tell you this from experience i'm currently a junior and up until four months ago when i had to pick my major i had no idea what i wanted to take okay simply because yeah. All I knew was just, all I was offered, although we have college councils, right? And they're amazing and the advisors and everything. But I was still not given the full picture to an extent where I could know which field I want to go into. Like I thought I was going into marketing for the past four years.
1: I see you're a big fan of Gary Vee.
0: I love, I love the man. He, like, this is a story for a completely different time because I can go on it for like two hours.
1: I think it has a lot to do with actually opening a startup.
0: Definitely. I'm digressing a bit,
1: but... uh... Gary V. When I was first opened my company, I saw one of Gary V.'s videos, and he was like, "Listen, to succeed in life, you just put your head down and you work." I have that written on my wall. I think that's the greatest piece of advice I've ever gotten. And like I, I, I was a hard worker even before I started this company. And this was a process that was that lasted over five years. It wasn't just it didn't happen over two years. It's preparing yourself mentally to literally give up your life for the first year and focus on something that you love and you're very passionate about and then your possibly your life's mission mission so uh uh kudos uh, to to the, to the to Gary V for that because uh, it, it really changed my life
0: yeah like i mean when i was telling you like it's a different story for me cuz to me it wasn't uh, like when i first heard about Gary V and all the work that he does it was i think about 2 years ago and 20 i remember the exact date because it was such a big moment in my life it was the 7th of january 2018 and at that time i was at the lowest mental state possible i was as depressed as they come to simply i knew that i was graduating high school but i didn't want to be an engineer i didn't want to be a doctor i did not want to be a lawyer so according to the community i have no aim in life you're a disgrace yeah you're a disgrace exactly. yeah yeah luckily my family doesn't feel their way so they they supported me but i i kind of always had these thoughts of like i don't want to work in this you know you can always make a living out of selling lemons not even lemonade like lemons if you have a passion to it but I never kind of heard anyone say it. I always thought it was in my head, and I was an outcast. But then when I started consuming more and more of his content, it's like it, 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 something that I read about Gary Vee. Like I know I'm, I kind of changed the direction. But he says the stuff that everyone thinks, and no one actually says them. That's why I think a lot of people relate to them.
1: And I'd say ninety percent of ninety nine percent of people don't actually do them. They think them, but they they don't do them because it's hard. Because I was I was actually having this conversation with my friend. He's like, oh. Uh, mashallah, like you became successful overnight. I wasn't like, we, we didn't make Forbes overnight. This was two years of being at the office every day of your life. So that's 700. How much is that? 730 days of being in the office so, thus far and barely even taking maybe a weekend off or two weekends off throughout this entire process. So it's uh, it, it's dedication. It's putting in the hours, putting in the work, and uh, that's how you can make anything successful is uh, being dedicated. And uh, it's also a passion, you know, Uh, I started selling apples when I was six on the street, you know, even though like, uh, alhamdulillah, like I came from a very privileged family, but I was very, I always wanted to make my own money, you know, so when I was six, I started selling apples. When I was 10, I was selling books and DVDs. When I was 14, I started selling PS4s, like I would like buy them in bulk and sell them to my friends and PS4 games and FIFA coins, Bitcoins, I was always selling.
0: The good days, FIFA coins...
1: FIFA coins. I actually made. I actually made around like eight thousand dollars off of FIFA coins. So, uh, uh, bitcoins didn't make that much profit back then, and I do regret not jumping on that wave. But uh, FIFA coins were a great, uh, a great profit generator. So, uh, it's also you need to be passionate about being an uh, entrepreneur. you can't just say, "Oh, I want to get rich. I'm going to be an entrepreneur." Till this day, and even though our, our company is right now, it's valued at over. Uh, it's a multi-million dollar company at the moment. Uh, I will never think about money before I think about the product or think about the the, the outcome and the goals. It's a align- We believe in alignment over achievement. So if if what you're doing aligns with your values, achievement is going to come later. You know that we even we even made Forbes without uh, without I didn't even know that Forbes actually like picked us to be on Forbes 30 under 30. One of my friends was sending me he's like congratulations. I was like congratulations for what? He's like you made it on Forbes 30 under 30. I was like no way. So uh, yeah, so. Uh, uh, we're not doing this for trophies. We're actually doing it because we care about it. And uh, and I think to be a successful entrepreneur, I think you definitely need to care.
0: Definitely. And it shows because, you know, if you're in it for the money, then if it doesn't make money over a quarter or like during a pandemic, for example, then you're on to the next thing. But then when you stick to it during the highs and lows, this is what shows that this is what you want to keep doing. Exactly, and we were
1: affected by uh, COVID uh, during the pandemic. We were affected by it, not as negatively affected as other companies. But we, instead of actually like sulking and being sad about it, we decided that even to focus more on product development and optimize our products. Because uh, you know the philosopher called Nietzsche. Uh, so it's it's uh, a famous philosopher that really talks about like uh, the, the the power of uh, The individual and the power of uh, the mind when it comes to achieving goals and he says that uh, any man of war prepares during peacetime so it's like any man uh, he lusts for war during peacetime so even though this wasn't peacetime it was a time of stagnation and as opposed to just saying oh we're not going to do anything we use that time to refine our services and optimize them for the better so i think it's also you need to be able to take care of any good crisis when it comes to running the business
0: Definitely. I mean, the worst time to think of how to handle a crisis or handle the crisis is during the crisis.
1: Exactly, exactly. You need to prepare yourself. And I'm happy we jumped on the boat of our online platform and digital marketing strategies around like a year before COVID started. So uh, I think, yeah, it's, you have to prepare for war all the time. Even t- t- peace is a time to prepare for war.
0: Definitely. And another thing is that you're still a student. So yeah. how do you manage your time? How do you keep things aligned? to kind of continue with EduTest, with your studies, because you obviously need to focus on them. How do you kind of make that work?
1: So uh, it's, uh, it's a lethal combo, I'd say. Saying it's, uh, it's, uh, it's extremely difficult would be an understatement because uh, my uni has also been known to be like, it's, I think it's the second best business school in Europe. It's a very difficult, very competitive university. Uh, I think I think the main secret behind this is time management. I think uh, sticking to your schedule, being diligent, being hardworking, and optimizing your product uh, and your resources. So the first year I started test, I wasn't studying, so I think that was good mainly because I had the chance to just focus 120% of my company. And by the time that uh, we I started studying the second year. Uh, i already had the chance to recruit very good people people that could actually run the company with me and uh, really help out during the entire uh, during the entire venture yeah
0: yeah time management is everything that like you gotta make benefit of every 30 minutes of the day because then you made your life a thousand percent easier exactly and i think uh, i think
1: especially it's extremely difficult to start a business and while studying at the same time i think uh i think especially if you want to build a very successful startup i think giving it 100% of uh, your time is the most important thing. I think, uh, as we talked about, Gary V, the, uh, the idea of working hard, putting your head down and doing the work, because it's more about perseverance than it is about uh, smartness. A lot of people come to me and tell me, oh, it's you're a genius for doing that. I'm like, no, I'm not a genius. I'm just very hardworking. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and as I was saying, like, uh, I, think, uh, I think a lot of people aren't just, maybe they're not prepared to put in the work, or maybe they just don't want to. I think with the modern society a lot of people make money easily and I think if you compare yourself to people uh, to people you're going to end up being disappointed because uh, yeah because uh, the hard the uh, Marcus Aurelius talks the obstacle is the way so especially when it comes to stoicism stoic philosophy like you have to be able to know that hard things are going to be in front of you and that's that's the hard thing about hard things is you have to accept them you know
0: it's the beauty of the process.
1: Yeah, it's the beauty of the process. Yeah, but but uh, I think uh, like this. Is my general advice to anyone that's listening is: if you don't feel like you're ready for that, you're probably not. I feel like uh, I feel like it's a process that takes time, and you need to be you need to be very honest with yourself and understand that you might not even make it. But to, the beauty of it is, you become ten times or a hundred times stronger during the process, and. You, you might make it in another field or in another thing. I got extremely lucky because I came at the right time as well. This was a time where uh, people wanted more opportunities all over the region. Uh, opening EduTest 30 years ago, I wouldn't have had access to tech, uh, a lot of the tech components. I wouldn't have access to actually like uh, people wanting to leave Tunisia or Morocco to study or, yeah, so it's it's a lot about time. If you, if you want to succeed, you also have to, need, you kind of need to be lucky as well when it comes to time, yeah.
0: And you got to be very, very self-aware. Like you were saying, you need to know what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, and don't try to fix every weakness in you and try to don't try to make yourself into the perfect human being because you won't be able to and then you're just going to get worse at whatever you were strong at. Just focus on what you're good at. And like what you did for the first year, you were solo, and then in the next years, you brought people that could program, people that could help you run the company, and people that could add value to you. Exactly, yeah. And something else that uh, I mean, that I I know I'm keep drawing I keep going back to what you're saying, but something that you said that was so important is that if you're just gonna live your life by looking at other people's success, you will be so depressed and disappointed. Because let me tell you something, right? people that say it's all hard work i like i slept in the office i lived in the office they also had bad days they also had days where they didn't want to do anything they also had days where they didn't want to get out of bed but not a lot of people post it not a lot of people share it right you can see someone that is a billionaire people show their
1: best life on
0: exactly you'd have like 50 posts over a year right this person has three there's 365 days
1: What about the 315 days? Exactly, exactly.
0: and there's 24 hours in that day. So it's not like you were down with your head down at the desk, staring at the laptop all 365 days. No, you need to understand there are ups, there are downs. But the most important thing is keeping your head down and just put the pen on the paper, type on your laptop. Whatever it is that you're doing, just keep at it.
1: And I think you also have to be comfortable with having problems in your life. And uh, I like to distinguish this. So there are success problems and there are failure problems. Let's say success problems. you open a startup and you're trying to find a solution that's a success problem. So a lot of other entrepreneurs, like I have a lot of problems, like that's good. The more problems you have, sometimes the better because you're trying to tackle something, a difficult question. Uh, I think maybe failure problems is more like, oh, your friends went out, went out without uh, telling you they did. Oh, I'm sad because my friends left or maybe like uh, uh, something like, you know, something trivial, you know, where you th- it's not that deep, you know. And I think, especially the more you get into this, uh get into the sector of uh, entrepreneurship and uh, the professional sector, I think you're going to understand that success problems are actually a good thing, not a bad thing. The more problems, sometimes it's the better because you're actually doing a lot of things. And sometimes the more responsibility you have, it's the more power you have, and the more ability to change and have be a positive agent in your community. So I think that's also something that a lot of people end up forgetting and uh, complain a lot about. So yes
0: the more problems the more lessons
1: yeah the more problems the more lessons the more opportunities uh the more you're actually filling up your time because uh idle hands uh, you know a lot of people uh, like after they graduate especially during this time this is the worst time in the history of humanity to find a job you know after being freshly graduated uh so what are you gonna do with this free time are you gonna just waste it and play uh play like playstation or be on uh, on uh, social media for most of your days, or you're going to actually maybe think about a startup. Uh, This is the worst time to work for someone, but it's also the best time to actually open a company because labor is cheap at the moment. Maybe, you know, making, uh, uh, getting capital, raising capital is hard, but actually like, if you have a good idea, I don't think, especially the first year or two, I don't think you need to raise capital. If you have a good idea, I think it can sell. And that's especially for us. Like we started this idea with around like maybe $400 at the beginning. And now it's a multi-million-dollar company. So uh, I think, especially, especially keeping that in mind, there's a lot of people also say, "No, it's because I don't have money that I'm not, I'm not successful. It's because I don't have money." But actually, I think it's the total opposite. You know, I think it's, uh, I think if you gave me a million dollars two years ago, I think this company would have failed. Do you know why?
0: You'd have been clumsy.
1: Uh, I'd have been clumsy. I'd have gotten cocky. I'm like, I have a million dollars. Let me just waste this money. But when you have skin in the game, when it's actually your money, when it's actually like something you built, you know, you, you make better decisions. And then after, the, well, the more experience you have, right, is it's the better. The more experience you have, the better you know how to handle money. And I don't think experience usually comes from, like, a school or maybe, like, even working at a job. I, in my opinion, if you don't work for a great CEO, I, I think you don't have that much experience. I think uh, Warren Buffett talks about this all the time. If you want to be an entrepreneur, either you're going to shadow a very good CEO, and I had the opportunity to do this at my old high school, or basically, uh, going to a top of ten companies, is good. You're gonna learn a lot of the basics, but you're you're a cog out of the thousand cogs, you know. As opposed to actually shadowing somebody that's actually being seeing what they do on a regular basis.
0: This this is something that Gary V talks about all the times. DM hundred people, DM hundred fifty people, and that worked for me. This is how I ended up working with Gary V's CVO, and I've been working with her for over a year now. Isn't that amazing, right?
1: But I think I, I'm one hundred percent sure that you DM the thousand people
0: and out of that thousand, maybe a hundred replied, or maybe. I'm sure like a lot of people, if they open the requested, if you're verified that you open your requested, you'll find the message from me there, a thousand percent. (laughs)
1: That's
0: good, that's good, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't see
1: this as well. They see, oh, uh, you're successful, oh, you had it easy, or maybe how did you do it? How did you do it so fast? I think you have to be fine with failing. Uh, I I learned this from our past CEO is like you have to fail forward. I don't see failure. I see failure as a win because it's a chance to learn, you know, either you win or you learn and even learning is winning. So, uh, so failure is a very good opportunity to learn. And uh, I think you have to be fine with failing forward and a lot of people aren't. And that's maybe the reason why it's also holding them back to maybe living the best life that they possibly can. Uh, And again, as I said, like it's uh, entrepreneurship is one path. A lot, I had a friend that actually, he actually opened a multi-million dollar company and then he ditched. It's like, I don't feel like it's for me. And like, he ditched halfway, like even before it reached its peak, you know, uh, and he's like, no, I'm going to go work at a big consulting company because I feel like I want to have a work-life balance. I want to be, uh, I want to enjoy a part of my youth and uh, and I think that's perfectly fine as well. Every, every way, you have your way, I have my way. As for the right way, it does not exist. You know what I mean? So I think, uh, I think everyone has their way, so it's not because I made it or you're currently, you made it, or someone else made it, someone like maybe uh, what's the, the, the founder of Oyo Hotels who became a billionaire at like 26, right? The Indian founder. Uh, I forgot his name, but it uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't mean that that's success. You know, everyone, it may be success for him, and I think that's when you like it. I, I love what I do, and that's why um, I'm doing it with all this passion, and I think if you're not passionate about entrepreneurship, I think maybe you, you should be, you should better you you're better off doing something else, you know.
0: Definitely, I mean, there are seven billion people plus, actually, so there is not a single way for anything. There are well over fifteen billion ways. Just think of all the people that have already passed away, and they had different methods as well. They had different things. So don't ever feel inclined to just walk exactly behind someone's footsteps or do the exact same thing just as it worked for them. And you know another thing that you mentioned is this is what success is to you, or this is what success is to others. So now I want to ask you, what is success to you, or what is winning? Because I see from your Instagram and from your uh, from your Instagram and from all of your profiles that you ha- always have the sign in your the background that says addicted to winning, right? To winning, yeah, yeah. But what is success, or what is winning to you? Like, how do you define it?
1: i think it's being better than you were yesterday i think definitely it's this gradual improvement whether it's intellectual whether it's entrepreneurial whether it's physical whether it's uh emotive you know so it's basically i want to be a better person than i was yesterday and i feel like that's when i feel like i'm winning you know when i'm constantly improving and uh uh, as i said like it it costs zero dollars to believe in yourself if you know what i mean so uh I think constantly believing in yourself is also a part of winning. And success for me is being able to believe in yourself, being surrounded by people that support you and that love you, and also being able to do what you love. And I think those are the three most important things. And they they resonate a lot with my values. And uh, I think for me, that is what, what winning is uh, in a nutshell.
0: Definitely. Now, I want to talk to you about a bunch of things that I believe can help people that want to start something similar or just want to start, you know, be it in the same field or just something in a completely different field. So something that people can learn from is the challenges that you faced and how you overcame them. And I'm sure you faced a ton of challenges because it's just a constant. So to the best of your memory, what were some of the challenges that you faced that kind of defined your journey? I think uh, working in the MENA region to be... So I'm
1: going to give you general challenges. I'm going to give you like MENA specific challenges. So general challenges are basically like uh, you uh, Elon Musk talks about opening a startup and he says that it's looking into the face of the abyss. So that means like you would actually... Sometimes you're so overwhelmed with so many... Because you have a million... A million is actually... An under, you have a million things to think about at once. And your brain, your brain has to be like, if its RAM isn't strong enough, it's, it's going to like a system malfunction, if you know what I mean. So it's like, you have to train your brain to be multi, uh, multi-solution based and multi, it, it needs to be able to not multitask, but uh, understand your surroundings and be able to process all the information that comes to you. So I think a huge challenge is being able to do that. It's when you have a thousand different problems in front of you, how do you tackle which one first? How do you uh, attack which one the most? How do you understand which one, uh, which other problems? So I think that's super important. Not to be specific for maybe the the MENA region, I think uh, delays with administrative work. I think if you want to operate a fully legal business or if you want to raise capital or if you want to deal with people in general, I think uh, the government is going to give you a lot of issues or maybe if it's not the government, it's the people, you know. Uh, we have a culture that's very laid back compared to, uh, compared to other cultures. And maybe it's because of, uh, uh, maybe it's because, uh, I don't know, actually don't know why that is, but a lot of uh, the region, like if you think of a hard worker, you think of maybe a Japanese person. You think maybe of, uh, I don't know, a Chinese person. Maybe you think of an American. But the idea of an Arab like working hard, like to be frank, like it, it's it, the connotation isn't like really there, you know uh we like to have our coffees we like to you know take our time we like to have a gatherings we like to be very social so i think uh especially you're going to deal with it because a startup is it's a start up you know it's not a start down it's not a start state it's a start up you have to go up you know it's exponential growth and i think when uh, you're battling this uh cu- where you're battling the stagnation wherever it may be in the gcc maybe it's more a stagnation in uh and people as opposed to governments where it's like you see like a huge exponential growth but as opposed to maybe north africa where it's more governments than people you know but uh you see this all over the region and i think if you want to succeed you need to be able to have thick skin you need to be able to like uh understand this take it in and then move forward and like put you know it's like you're pushing an obstacle constantly and you can't you can't stop or else uh, uh, it's almost like sisyphus you know sisyphus the guy that's pulling this rock and uh, and he's trying to change it, and he, he's, he knows he, he knows he's gonna change it, but it's gonna take a lot of time. So basically, I think that's uh, I think that's a huge issue as well.
0: Uh, another thing that people can learn from is mistakes. So what is a mistake that you made throughout your journey that you think people can benefit from?
1: Uh, I think a big mistake I made is forgetting my health for a long period of time. So I think uh, I used to be very healthy, used to work out a lot, used to be very active. And right now I'm getting back into it. But I think for around a year, a year and a half, I just completely forgot uh, my health. And it's actually negatively affected my work as opposed to positively. And I think health is wealth, honestly. Like uh, uh, It's easier said than done. It's like taking an hour as much as you know you have work and as much as you know you have things to do. I think taking an hour, two hours a day just to work out, just to eat healthy, just to focus on your diet, uh, it's imperative for long-term success. And uh, I'm currently battling this issue as we speak. you know. So... Uh, I think it's super important, and I think uh, I think a lot of it goes unsaid, and uh, it's harder said than done as well.
0: Definitely, I fully relate to you because I recently had an injury and I just started back going back to running. And when you start running, especially like when I just cause I used to run long distances, but now like after almost 300 days of doing nothing but stretching my knee on the bed and like putting ice on it. You you, Literally, you lose the stamina. You feel like your lungs are working at like 10% capacity. But something that it builds is uh, mental toughness. So you know that like I'm following a program. So I know that I have to finish intervals of let's say five minutes and then three minutes. So your body, the second you start from the first minute, it's like, yeah, stop. I can't do this. You know, you start cramping up. But then when you keep growing you build up that mental toughness that will then help you in your business in your studies in your work whenever you're too tired whenever you think you're not going to be able to finish this thing your head is going to tell you no just finish this that like you have to build this concept of finish it no matter what and sports help you so much in this yeah yeah
1: yeah I think uh, I think a lot more a lot of people a lot of people need to hear this more finish it no matter what you know you have to uh, you have to, if you start something, I think you, ha- you have to finish it, you know, you have to understand it and finish it. And I think that's been a huge thing that's also been pushing me forward because uh, I've always thought of myself as a doer and whenever I started something, I need to finish it. I don't know, like there's this bug inside my brain that tells me like that doesn't let me sleep if I don't finish something, you know? So I think that's also being nonchalant is, uh, is good for being popular, but it's not good for doing business and actually succeeding in a startup, you know? not caring you have to care you have to care and you have to like put this this is your baby if you you have a, you have a company this is basically your baby and it's more than your baby you know because you're spending uh, like 90 percent of your day with it you know so i think it's super important and uh, ideal to, to really follow up to finish things you know the to, to finish things you need to finish things I, I met so many people like i have this business i'm gonna start i'm gonna start i'm gonna start you know uh, uh, the word start no, don't say i'm gonna <laughs> actually start you know every <laughs> i'm thinking i'm doing i'm uh, i'm doing this and then yeah just start do it you know
0: and when you start this is when all of the ideas come to you because people think like before you start you need to have everything written down on a piece of paper with like a 500 page manual of what to do on day one what to do on day two like this isn't planning especially like to me i only started this like two months ago or like even three two months and a half. But I started working on it like a month before that. And literally yeah. the entire time, I just focused on the technical aspect of it. I had known nothing about RSS feed, podcasts, editing, audacity, all of the stuff. I just Googled everything from A to Z. So I didn't even like think of promoting it like through Instagram and doing stuff like that. All I knew was just that I was gonna post it, and then after I post the first episode, then I'm like, okay, maybe I can do sound bites. And then with the second, I'm like, okay, how about I make a page for especially for the podcast? It comes to you that like, you genuinely just need to put your foot through the door. I
1: completely understand. Uh, also, to go back on one of your points, so you said that uh, so you took a month right to understand uh, your your concept, right? I think that's one percent of the whole process, I, in my opinion. It's one percent the idea; it's ninety-nine percent execution. You know, you can have the best idea in the world, and if you don't act on it, it's just an idea. You know, so uh, you can be the most talented, the smartest guy, but if you don't act on those skills, you're just a smart guy. You're not a successful guy. You know, so uh, I think especially it's super important to act. It's to move. You know, it's to do things.
0: Yeah, and you know, what you were just saying uh, kind of reminded me of sort of this thing that, funnily enough, I saw it on a motivational like codes video on youtube like i literally just googled it because this was at the time when i was 18 and i was very low so i was literally just looking for any last resort to like pick me back up or like literally give me a reason to wake up and one of the clothes is like you know these traditional youtube videos with like the the, like the workout-esque music in the background it's like kind of as if you feel like you're going into tree, then you're about to watch someone and and then like something that the speaker said touched me so much and it still is with me till now is that a lot of wasted talent, a lot of wasted potential is there in the graveyard. He said, like, to find the greatest books, to find the greatest inventions, the greatest businesses, the greatest ideas, the greatest people are all in the graveyard. There are so many people that had insane potential, but it was never untouched. There were so many people that while they were grasping their last breath, they were like, I wish I had done this. I wish I could have did this you know, I wish I'd started a bit earlier. I wish I acted on what I thought. And th- that literally terrified the life out of me. Cause my one biggest fear in life is dying without achieving my full potential.
1: Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's also something I share with you. And I think the number one thing I hate hearing and I hate it, I despise it. Uh, you know, I'm smart, but you know, especially when it comes to like dealing with the uh, students, the high school students and university, it says uh, I'm smart, but, uh, you know, I just, I don't like the work. you know, uh, uh yeah everyone's smart and doesn't like you know so i think uh you have to put in the work you have to actually like do it you know so uh it's it's uh, maybe at the beginning it looks cool that you know you don't you get good grades without studying or you do things with minimal work but i think you need to you need to be able to 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 maximize your full potential i still feel like i haven't maximized my full potential and uh, i'm on the mission to do that as well you know and I think that's this constant uh, conviction that you need to maximize your full potential is also it's a huge bonus to, to, to starting any anything you know to doing I anything. your purpose well. in life. Yeah, like today I'm the youngest person, out thirty under thirty. Yet I feel like I haven't done anything. You know, I feel like I, there's still so much that I need to do. You know, so uh, I think it's being uh, it's constantly being wanting to be better. That's also winning. It's wanting to be better than yesterday and wanting to, to achieve your full potential.
0: And, you know, I just want to put this out there because I, I think a lot of the what we were saying throughout this conversation, some people might relate to as kind of a broken record narrative of the lights of Gary Vee, you know, uh, all of these successful people saying like, do this, do that, do that. Because a lot of people just when they hear this, they say, I mean, it's easier said than done, right? I mean, if it was easy, everyone would have done it. Uh, if it was as easy working or if it was just as easy as reaching out to x amount of people then you know everyone would have done it but what they don't realize is okay you read a quote you saw this amazing you heard someone say it amazing it is absolutely nothing it is meaningless it's worthless if you don't act on it that's why i want a lot of this the likes of gary v and all that not only am i offended because this guy changed my life but at the same time, they, they kind of had the view that I had when I was 17. And it, it, I hate to see that people, you know, they still didn't get the light bulb moment. They, they didn't that it's Gary V can literally sit you down for 48 hours and just tell you nonstop like a broken record. Do this, do that. And all of the steps to do everything. After these 48 hours, if you don't do them, nothing. Not, you just wasted 48 hours of your life.
1: Yeah, it goes in here and goes out there, you know, so I, I think that's super, yeah, I think that's super important to act, acting, yeah. Definitely. Being a thinker and being a doer are two different things. And, They're two uh, different words. Yeah, so it's, it's also very easy to criticize. I think a lot of people, when they criticize successful people, are people that, like, uh, uh, that are do work doing, you know uh i think it's 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 uh, criticism is is a a free commodity in my opinion i think doing versus criticizing doing versus thinking are two completely different things and uh yeah you can't really like do anything without uh, without being a doer
0: and on the top of criticizing like it is so easy to criticize people Uh, and i i had this conversation with pretty much everyone that came on especially when i had for example omar hussein who's a youtuber and Mary Han, who's a fashion blogger, because in the social media field, it is so common to get hate comments, to get people made fun of you no matter what content you put out there.
1: I think it's in the success field. The success field, it's, it's very, uh, a lot of people hate you, for, Hate maybe hate on you for being successful or maybe criticize you for, for succeeding, you know? So I think, yeah, I think you just need to be okay with that.
0: Exactly, and you know something that I believe in is you gotta sympathize with people that kind of hate on you or criticize you for no reason. Like if you come, if you give me like a f- two-hour voice note of everything that is wrong with the podcast, I will thank you, and you have no idea how much immense value bring it brings to. Even if you're cursing you at me the entire time, but if you like drop a comment or just say something that is so worthless, meaningless, you know, it doesn't contribute anything to my life or yours then mm-hmm. i generally feel bad for you because you are a person that is supposedly an adult that took time out of their life out of everything going on with their life because everyone is busy and you took just to bring someone down that was like your sole purpose with it so i generally would feel bad for such a person
1: yeah 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 i completely 100 agree with you yes
0: now lastly i mean the, i've genuinely enjoyed this conversation so much and it, unfortunately it has to come to an end so i just have one question before i let you go what does the future look like for EduTest? I mean, what are you guys planning on?
1: So hopefully we're planning on actually expanding all over the region. So right now we're, we're in five countries. We want to be in, in around 25 countries in the next two years, uh, 25 other countries. So we want to have 30 physical centers and we want to be all over Africa and the MENA region and provide this service and this access to opportunity to all over the region and all over the, the continent, you know, and uh, as an African Arab, uh, I think uh, I think there's also a huge potential as well in Africa, and uh, and the, we really we really want to focus on on providing this opportunity to students worldwide in the long
0: run. Wow, well, on that note, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, and I really wish you all the best with your work and with EduTest.
1: Thank you so much, uh, Ali. It was great talking to you. Uh, I'd like to see where this uh, podcast is in the next year. I'm going to hold you accountable to see how far you make it. I think uh, I think it's a great idea to start with, and I'm uh, very happy. You're a year younger than, me, than you're a year younger than me, and uh, I think uh, I think uh, I'm very happy to see someone in our age bracket, like someone in our age, doing something like this. And uh, uh, kudos to you, good uh, good job, and uh, definitely
0: see you around. Definitely, thank you so much for your kind words. Thank you. Once again, thank you for tuning in and I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at TheAli or follow the podcast so you can know when the next episode is out.